This is Taking the World by Stormy with Stormy Daniels and co-host Dwayne Crawford. Continue listening at your own risk. What's up? Hi, I'm Stormy Daniels, and you are listening to the very first episode of my podcast, Taking the World by Stormy. And I'm sitting here with my faithful co-host slash tour manager slash life wrangler, Mr. Dwayne Crawford, who's been with me for 11 years and has seen me uh, at my best and most oftentimes my worst. I don't have a microphone, but I definitely want to cheer in the background. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... You know, I got asked a long time ago why I didn't have a podcast, and I didn't have a good answer for that for a long time. It was just I was so overwhelmed with so much other stuff, writing, directing, dancing, you know, working on my book, riding my horses, being a mom, of course, and just so many other things that it just didn't seem to make sense to me at the time. I didn't know much about it. Then I kind of had an epiphany and was like, wait a minute. Dwayne, who's with me pretty much 24-7 anyway, is also an audio engineer and has all this fantastic gear, and we should kind of utilize it. Um, But the main reason for me starting this podcast is because I just got tired of being lied about, um, sketchy reporters using me for clickbait or misquoting me. So I figured this would be give me the perfect opportunity to just say what I want it, clear up my rumors, because, you know, I have zero fucks to give, and I've got no shame, and I'll say whatever. And for the people out there listening to get it straight from the horse's mouth, or <laughs> should I say the horse face's mouth, Mr. President. Uh, so, you know, and after being taken advantage of a couple times this year by just some really, really poor excuses for journalists, I just was like, this is a great platform. I should do something with it. And it's a good way to kind of promote all my other stuff, my exciting projects I have coming up, and giving some friends who've helped me along the way chances to promote and plug their stuff, you know. Um, and I, you know, I kind of went into this year having a certain amount of respect for journalists, you know, at least the the ones that were supposed to be credible. And the big turning point for me was when I became so unimportant to be treated with the respect by the you know by anybody including the associated press do I mean like remember what happened at the museum of sex for my book signing last fall yeah and that was like supposedly a very reputable press guy he'd been there for hours filming he knew that we were together we're in matching team stormy outfits matching hoodies he watched me bring you everything i mean it was pretty clear that we were there together yeah and uh you and I were messing around, we were playing, and you came up behind me and startled me, and I... I, I, moved, I moved a stool that was behind you. I didn't want you to back over it. I moved it, and I think the noise kind of scared you, so we kind of jo- uh, joked around a little bit, and you, uh, you fake kicked me, and then the next thing we know, uh, it's, it's all over Twitter that you're attacking a fan, or you were... Yeah, that was the headline. Stormy Daniels lashes out and kicks fan at book signing. And this was like on Newsweek or something like that. And we tra- it was by the Associated Press. And I was just like, you know what? Like, they would not do this to anyone else. Like, I mean, this wasn't TMZ. This was like 
Newsweek or something like that. It was or USA Today. I can't remember. Like, I have to go back and Google it. But it was definitely done by the Associated Press. You know, and and it's just, I don't know. I thought of this as a chance to like not have to continue to pay for a press release every time something happens or there's a new development and no fear of being like misquoted or used as clickbait or taken advantage of, you know what I mean? And, you know, I like to talk shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just, you know, clear up some of these like ridiculously rumor. Cause every day I hear a new rumor about myself. Always. Always like, Oh, you know, she was fucking Avenatti. Well, <laughs> turns out Avenatti fucked the shit out of me. It just wasn't sexual. Uh, Avenatti was fucking himself. I think he's still fucking himself, but pretty soon someone's going to be fucking him. I, I guarantee if, if Avenatti could, I guarantee he'd fuck himself. Oh, absolutely. But before to clear it up, he and I have never been alone together. No. You were always there. Always. As, you know, usually other people. Yep. Too. Like, he was always with me in a group. Yep. Of people. But yeah, so that was like kind of the main reason for starting this podcast. It's, you know, that's the reason that I wrote the book was to clear up what really happened and tell my side of the story. Turns out nobody fucking reads. No, no. Um, if it's not a tweet, people don't read it. But um, speaking of Avenatti, uh, do you think he's going to run for president? <laughs> I don't even think he's that crazy, but it sounds like, you know, just judging on some of his recent posts that he's thinking about doing that. And the, like, super twisted part of me really kind of hopes he does because I swear to God, if he does, I'm going to start a new GoFundMe with the sole purpose of funding smear videos. I'm going to run for president just so that I can start a GoFundMe and make smear anti-Avenatti commercials just for fucking sport because I got nothing better to do and I'm a great director. So Stormy 2020. <laughs> there yes. we go. Yes. There's a... Actually, that's our new merch, right? If you yeah. go to stormydaniels.com in our store, we actually have these really cool Stormy 2020 shirts. Yes, they're available in men's and women's sizes and cuts. Yeah, I think those are kind of my favorite shirts, the Stormy 2020 ones. Yeah, I've, I've grown rather partial to those. But we have lots of cool stuff in there, including the VIP meet and greets, and bookings and autographed photos and books and all kinds of stuff. We have custom posters. Yeah, you know, but okay. I don't want to talk shit about all journalists or reporters. Just, you know, it just seems to be journalistic, journalistic integrity has gone out of the window and people will do anything to get a click on a story, you know. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things is to try to – I try really hard to be objective and see the big picture. And I did an interview not too long ago, and somebody asked me what was kind of like the most – I can't remember if it was like the most surprising or, or whatever interview I had done. And the answer, I think, really kind of surprised people because I've been on The View twice. And the first time I went on, Megan McCain was not having it. She was like, you could, she just did not fucking like me one bit. And uh, the producers pulled me aside and told me that she wanted to ask some questions and they had vetoed it and said that she couldn't and they were like, don't worry, she can't, she's not going to be able to attack you, we want you to be relaxed. And even when they were telling me that in the green room, I was like, um, that's kind of sh shitty, you know what I mean? Well, we go on the air and she is not feeling me. And finally I saw her face go, fuck this. And she asked me the question that she wanted to ask. And you know what, it was a damn good question. 
It was a question that I should have been asked. It was invasive, but hard-hitting, but not disrespectful. And she was like, I am a, this is my job to get the story. And I feel morally compelled to ask this woman this question that I really want to know the answer to. And so she asked it. And my immediately, immediate thought was, I like a lady with balls. And she asked the question, but here's the part that turned me into a Megan McCain fan. Is that I answered her question honestly, concisely, without hesitation, because I did have an answer to it. And she didn't cut me off, didn't stop listening. She really, really listened to my answer and thought about it and changed her opinion. And to me, that is a good journalist and a good human being. And Absolutely. we continued the interview and all that stuff. And then backstage later, we kind of like hit it off and became friends. That's and awesome. I've, yeah. Like it's easy to interview somebody that you're already a fan of, but to be a big enough person to change your opinion when you ask a question that, and then you get an answer and to be a big person. And Megan and I, differences opinion all day long. We'll never have the same politics. But out of all the interviews I did, watching somebody ask a question and they were told not to and then changing based on someone's answer was epic for me. That's, you know, that's, that's something that's lost today, especially yeah. in politics. I, I don't think, um, I don't think anybody's really willing to just sit, listen, and actually be open to receive somebody else's viewpoint and take it into consideration because so many people are just, they've got their opinions, they've got their thoughts and that's it. They, they don't, they don't care yeah. about anything else. So that's, uh, that's huge. That's Most a huge character trait live in their own little bubble and I mean I'm guilty of it too the, if one thing the last year and a half has taught me it was how little I know and when you're confronted by how far under a rock you've been living it's very terrifying and overwhelming and there was plenty of times this year where I just felt so hopeless you know like uh you know being on the on the tour bus that day and finding out that there were kids at the border being detained and seeing the footage. Like I had no idea about this stuff and it was, you know, I, I was very moved and people just, and I have to, I mean, I kind of get it. The truth and the reality of the world this day is a pretty scary, pretty scary place, you know, but you know, it's, you gotta be willing to grow and you've gotta be willing to understand people and see where they're coming from and be objective and just try to collectively make the world a better place. Speaking of making the world a better place, there's somebody here that makes the world a better place. Yes. Uh, I, I love this man personally. Um, he, he's, he's become a very close friend uh, and just a, just a fucking phenomenal human being to have around. Let me, let me cut you off though. Is he a human being? I'm still not sure. I don't but, think he is. He's um, an alien or a unicorn or something. I, I'll go with unicorn. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. But um, yeah, do you want to introduce yeah, him? Yeah, of course. So my guest on my very first podcast is someone very near and dear to me. One of my favorite unicorns on earth and definitely one of my favorite people to work with both on camera, off camera, all of that. He's been the star of more of my movies than anyone else. He's a super talented performer, actor, uh, photographer, videographer, human being, although that's jury still out if he's actually human or not. And he does have a magical penis. Oh. Mr. Michael Vegas. Hey, everybody. It was so hard to not make sound or to smile. 
I'm getting motion to put this closer to my mouth. It was so hard to not smile and uh, make a bunch of noise during that introduction. Can you hear people smiling? Is that a thing? Yes. At least you. <laughs> yes. I think you can hear me <laughs> I can smiling. hear you smiling. Oh, God, Storm. I'm so glad to be here on your very first podcast doing this. This is magic, dude. I didn't think I would ever get to say it's my first time again. Oh, I'm so happy to be there for that. <laughs> I knew I'd get one of them. <laughs> We are in the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, California. We are. A fitting setting for this first podcast. I don't know why. I don't know why it's actually so fitting, but it's just, God, it's magic. It's magic here in this town, and we are all here together. Dwayne, I love you so much. So I know why the Roosevelt is magic. Oh, tell me. This is where I stayed when I went on Jimmy Kimmel for the first time. This is the exact hotel that I was in when I decided to say, Fuck it, I will not be bullied. Because when I was here, I was still honoring the NDA because I'm not a kiss and tell person. And I was totally fine with signing an NDA and not saying anything. But this is the hotel that uh, they came to and bullied me and asked me to lie. And I will be quiet. Which is all in the book if you guys read it. Exactly. But I will not be bullied into lying because I am not a liar. And I just decided, you know, I remember sitting in my room and feeling like, my attorney didn't stand up for me, and I didn't understand what happened, and they threatened me and said, you know, if you don't sign this statement that's a lie, then you don't know what can happen. They could come after you. You could be audited. They could cause you all kinds of trouble, and they just looked me in the eye and slid the paper across and said, sign it, and I didn't know what to do, so I signed it, but I did sign my signature wrong, hoping that Mr. Kimmel would catch it, and he did because it was, you know, the only thing I could think to do in the moment, but then I was like, wait a minute. I agreed to say nothing. I didn't agree to lie. Fuck this. So that was this hotel. And this is the first time I've been there since that night. Excellent. <laughs> Welcome back to the Roosevelt Hotel. I say that like I work here for some reason. Oh, goodness. The truth will set you free, won't it, Storm? It has been a whirlwind since then. And God, it has been so cool. I think Cohen would disagree with that truth will set you free statement. Oh, the other way. Here we go. Yeah, well, he's uh, not free at the moment. Yeah, well, the truth will set you free if you're not doing a bunch of crimes, everybody. Right. But uh, yeah, so I'm back here today to do my first podcast. And actually, I did something really cool today. I did a commercial shoot for something I can't really talk about just yet, but um, I'll announce it very soon. I want them to have you know the right to announce it. But one of the cool thing is it's for a site, and you can get a promo code. And once that's out, they're donating. Uh, the way they, they taught me into doing this was uh, $2 from every one goes to my favorite charities. One uh, is for an organization that gives canines to veterans with post-traumatic stress. God bless. But the other one is for Pineapple Support. Yes. Which you such. know about if you could tell everybody. Pineapple Support is a f- it's free mental health support services for sex workers. It's it is such a wonderful thing. There are so many difficulties that we have to deal with and people have to deal with in their day-to-day lives. And mental health access is not something that is readily available to people these days. And there's so much stigma and so much shame around it that just making that first step to get in contact, if you think you may be having a need for it, can really be difficult. And Pineapple Support does their best to just eliminate all of that and make mental health services accessible for people that need them the most. 
And that's not just for people in porn. It's, for, it's not just for people in porn. Worker. This is this is where it comes into my world because, like, uh, you know, my my peer group and my friend group who so often have these stressors in their life because, uh, you know, because of the nature of the job, there are public attacks. People just decide they can say whatever, and you know, you experience it regularly. People just say the worst things they can think of to you to try to get you to feel something, and like. Unfortunately, not everybody's armor is as strong as yours, and it really can take a toll on that group of people. So, like, so wonderful it's available to them. But most importantly, it's available to all. It's available to anybody that needs that needs those services. And what, so where born. can people find it? Pineapplesupport.com. Pineapplesupport.com. Very, very cool service. And um, I know a lot of people are, like, like Michael said, afraid to reach out, especially people that are in this business because they feel like they're already – being treated like they're less than human. Yes, and it doesn't make you weaker if you reach out. Uh, just for anybody that needs to hear this, it is shows strength of character if you're able to understand and able to realize that you can use a little bit of outside help than yourself. Exactly. And speaking of reaching out and giving help, I have to give Michael props because um, for those of you who don't know, I started an events company in New Orleans where I am from, called Swamp Trash Events. And it's an event planning company that uh, throws charity party events, I guess, Mm -hmm. to benefit charities in the New Orleans or Louisiana area, at least for now. I'm I'm hoping it grows to be outside of that. And, you know, the first one we did on Father's Day, because I like to be wildly inappropriate, was to fund the uh, New Orleans Abortion Fund. Mm -hmm. But the one that we did last month was uh, to raise donations for the LGBTQ community center in New Orleans. Ah, uh, yes. A midsummer night's cream. Right. And we did a, uh, a f- it was like a fairy theme party. Mm-hmm. And a big reason why I've been doing these is, um, is to take power back in, from words that hurt. Kind of the whole premise of slut walk, how slut walk got started. Mm-hmm. People on my Twitter are like whore slut. And I'm like, it's just a word. I'm not a slut. I just have a friendly vagina. (laughs) Like, you know, if you just take the power away from someone trying to hurt you with their words, they've got nowhere to go. Right. Whore. Yeah. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes. So we called the party fairies, Midsummer's Night Korean, but we called the um, costume contest fairies for fairies. Yes. And the gay community thought it was fantastic, but Michael was very generous. He flew in and was not only my guest judge, um, co-guest judge. He also was kind enough to do a very sexy performance. And for any of you who have not had the pleasure of seeing Mr. Vegas perform on stage, is there any place where they can see this? Or oh man, it's uh, it's not too often that I do it, but I am an active fire juggler, fire spinner performer. So like, you know, I like setting things on fire and uh, flying with them. Not every venue is so stoked on seeing me do fire performances. Uh, more uh, threatened to sue me if I light things on fire inside the building. But I do do LED glow performances all over Hollywood and just, you know, just but, for fun mostly. Just find me and stop me sometime and be like, hey, man, juggle something. Like, he yes. can juggle anything. I'll throw it in the air. I'll juggle you. He it. probably would. You know, that was one of my um, favorite memories from last summer. It was when you came out on the bus. And mm-hmm. We'd finish at the strip clubs every night, and we were on tour and out on the bus, and we'd find empty parking lots, you know, at the hotel or whatever. And Michael was teaching all the guys who work for me how to. Yeah, the dragons finally had fire in their yeah. hands. They were so excited. 
Uh, but it, I love sharing that knowledge. It's, you know, especially it's one of my favorite times to do it is after a long, a long, stressful day because it just like, it's just such a Zen moment. The sound of the fire so yes. loud, the moment's calm and it's like all of your thoughts just drift away into this activity. It's like, oh, when you're done, it's like this six minute meditation. You're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're like totally in the zone better. when you do it. Totally in the zone. Yeah. And, uh. I invited you out on the road last summer because we had this idea to work on this project. Oh, yes. We, okay, so it's, uh, it's in the works because we still have to do a couple more uh, tours in the Black Pearl. But we have been working on a very exciting photo book that is, it shows off what it's like being on tour with Stormy Daniels. And, God, you guys cannot wait to see this. It is, yeah. if, you, if only you knew the behind the scenes. It's even cooler than you think. Yeah, Michael is a very talented uh, photographer. You have a book that's already out. I do. It's uh, The Soul Thief Vision Anthology 1. It's my first decade of photography from, you know, I see some of the craziest things. And I end up in the the, the coolest places. Like a tour like, bus with Stormy Daniels. Like a tour bus with Stormy <laughs> Daniels. And I, I put it all together in this first book that I have for sale on my website. Uh, Which the is? TheSoulThiefVision.com. Uh, also, check out the Sulfy Vision on Instagram. Hey, self plug. Um, totally worth it. But it also, you know, this book that we're putting together, it's going to be my second book, but it's it's so good. It was it took a long time for me to start going back through the photos because it was like such a such a heartfelt, close, emotional experience to go through all of these things. And like right. every photo I would look at, I'd have to like relive that moment. It's just like it's not that I didn't want to relive the moment. It's just it was just. Two and a half weeks of just joy and fun and ups and downs and you know, I have photos of you. I have, I have photos of being arrested. I have photos of money raining on you from a second story balcony. I have photos of me scooting my ass like a dog across the grass on a leash. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite picture of me and you. <laughs> it's you know the the I didn't know everybody. I didn't know. Dwayne as well. I didn't know the surrounding crew yeah. as well when I first started the trip. And to get to evolve with everybody and to get to this point and like know everybody after it is like, oh, God, what a it's a magic experience in my life. I, I can't wait for everybody to see it. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I, we haven't decided what, but it's, it's going to be a limited edition run uh, of books, photo books of tour life and behind the scenes. And some very like he, like Michael said, some very, very emotional Moments, moments of pure love and joy and family, and then some really devastating, you know, harsh moments. And so we're going to do a very limited run. They'll be numbered and signed, and we're going to decide what charity we're going to donate a portion of these books to. But um, we'll we'll give you guys a, a heads up before we do that. But the cool part about Michael being out and filming is that he's also a talented videographer. And to bring this full circle, last July when I was falsely arrested in Columbus, Ohio, it was Michael Vegas who grabbed the camera and got the entire thing on film. It's like an episode of Cops, guys. Except I'm hotter than anyone ever. There's way more teeth than normally seen on Cops. (laughs) Um, Definitely not enough nightgowns being worn by the people in the streets. Yeah. Uh, it was, man, what an insane, I, and the, the craziest part about it was, is we all saw the undercovers beforehand and like, they all saw. They, they were the first people in line. The, yeah. The two undercover females were literally the first two people in the merch line to buy merchandise. 
Right. It was terrible. No, they, terrible. There's this, there was this attitude of, we're sorry, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to go to jail tonight. And it's like... No, you don't, man. You you know what discretion is? You know how like right. you know how that works, right? Clearly, you didn't have to do this. You just wanted to, you shits. Yeah, and it was totally entrapment. And the best part about it is, I had never seen the footage until today because you just had it stored. Mm-hmm. And since I'm going to court soon, I got it today, and and we watched some of it. And it is it is it is butthole tightening. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, we have them flat out on video saying that she doesn't know the law and we know the law. Well, it turns out I'm the one that knows the law and they didn't because I never broke a law. I actually watched the entire uh, the entire video today while you were doing your shoot. Uh-huh. I, I, I sat in your uh, dressing room and, and watched the video. And I, I'm not going to lie. It, it stirred up a lot of emotions. <laughs> no. I, I was really angry that night. Um, I, I, I think I called two female police officers cunts. Um, I, I said a lot of really horrible things, but, um, that was a really fucked up night. Yeah, it was a fucked it, up it, night. It, it put me in a terrible spot today for, for a little bit. Like it really brought me back and it's the first time I've seen any of that even looked back on that night. And yeah, when it came out later, fucking awful. just how dirty some of these cops were and things that they did to other women before my arrest and then after my arrest are just terrifying you know, like it, I could have been killed very easily because the entire thing was a setup. And it's really scary that that can happen, you know, in in America, you know. And if, even if I I did know the law of Danston, Ohio, possibly more than any other state except for maybe Florida. There's a lot of strip clubs in Florida and Louisiana, obviously, because that's where I'm from. But I was very well aware of the law and knew that I hadn't broke it. And uh, but let's just say that I had broken it. That what I did was absolutely illegal. Even if it was, and and it is illegal in most states, you know, putting your breasts in someone's face or touching a customer mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I certainly have tons of other friends who work the feature dance circuit who have gotten the same, gotten in trouble for the same thing. I don't know another person who's ever been arrested for it. Normally, they give you a fine. It's usually a $500 ticket, a misdemeanor, whatever, and you go on about your business. I don't know anyone who's ever been arrested, handcuffed, stripped. They photographed my tattoos. They took my diamond earrings, locked me in. A, I mean, it was just. And when I complained that my cuffs were too tight, they tightened. Ah, uh, sons of bitches. I mean, we have the photos, and it's on the video and everything of the bruises on my wrist. And I mean, it was it was really really fucked up. And the thought, the thing that m- messes with me the most is they arrested two other girls that night. Yeah, that um, was really shitty. And those girls, I mean, I'm Stormy Daniels, and and I made the choice to be in the adult business and do porn and put myself out there. But these, you know, these girls were super young, and their real names got released in headlines with mine, Mm -hmm. which means everyone saw it. And there was initial talk about listing them as sex offenders. Yeah, that's insane. And one of the girls got arrested because she, a waitress, smacked her on the ass. Uh The waitress didn't get arrested. The dancer did, and all she was doing was walking by. So the law was so – it's victim-shaming, if nothing, because if I go into a VIP room, according to the laws there, and I give you a dance, and I bend over and you touch me, I go to jail, but you don't, even though I didn't ask for it, give you permission, even if I reprimand you. Like, how messed up is that? That's insane. It just gives all of the power to the abuser. Right. Like what the fuck? What the fuck, Ohio? Yeah, and and punishes the victim. 
I mean, that's the, you know, that's the most fucked up part in my mm-hmm. opinion. So obviously, you know, this has evolved into a full blown case and court hearings and lawyers fees and this and that. But I really, really hope that my biggest outcome from this is that um, these laws get amended because I'm sure they're equally fucked up in some other states. And I would really hate to see some young girl who's 19 years old working to to support her kid or go through college, get her entire life ruined because some drunk guy, like, smacks her on the butt when she walks by, and now she's a sex offender. God, fucking United States laws. You know, just after having paid attention to so much more laws in my adult life, I have come to realize that they were all written on the basis of white supremacy in female suppression. So, uh... (laughs) I mean, I'm only slightly surprised, but like, God damn it, Ohio. Stop arresting Stormy Daniels's. <laughs> All of them. All, of, All them. of them? Oh, God, can you imagine if there was more than one than me? Fuck <sighs> The world is not ready. <laughs> well, wait, I've met your daughter. There is more than one of you. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes, that is very true. You're not ready, world. Um, so let's let's see here. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, you know what? <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, I was I was scrolling through a few minutes ago and I saw this chick and um, she's on Twitter talking shit. And just this is this is the perfect. I actually just kind of jotted this down a second ago to give an example of what I was saying earlier, an example of why I started the podcast, because since this is the first one, you know, we're going to do a little introduction kind of thing. And, you know, her arg- and if people read the book, they would know this, but people don't read and so some of the big misconceptions about me is she's like, you know, she was like, she's someone called me a stripper mm-hmm. or just a stripper. And, I, and I'm fine with that. I am a stripper. I've never made any bones about it. But she tried to argue that I'm not a stripper. But I, you know, no matter what, she's not a stripper. She makes her money from porn. Well, what exactly qualifies as a stripper? Because I'm pretty sure that I've taken my clothes off and danced for money in 80 clubs in the last year. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'm dancing at four in this month alone. Okay. Is that not a stripper? No, it takes five. Five this month and 86 this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just didn't quite make the cut. And actually, she tried to argue that, you know, that my main income was, was performing in porn and my career was fading. But actually, my main income for the last seven or eight years, before, you know, up until now, actually, my main income now is speaking engagements and being an author. Full disclosure. That'll teach you. But before that, it wasn't even from from being a porn star. My main income was from being a director in the adult business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she tried to say that, um, you know, I would only came forward about Trump and made up these lies about him and this and that because I wanted to jumpstart my career. Well, Michael Vegas, as my witness, I didn't need my career jumpstart it. Uh-huh. I was and I am one of the most successful adult film directors. You were one of the most well-known people in the world, Stormy Daniels. And I was one of the highest paid porn directors ever, and I had the longest. I still hold the title for the longest running contract star, ever. I was with Wicked Pictures for 17 years, including when the story broke, and I've been with Browsers and Digital Playground for the last year and a half. Yes. So that's almost 20 years as a contract star. So I'm pretty sure I wasn't washed up and whatever. And as a matter of fact, they people try to say that my career was dead, but did they realize that the same week that the story broke? last, you know, in January of, uh, was it 2018, that I had 17 AVN nominations? How is 17 AVN award nominations washed up? Can we also talk about the fact that I've worked for you for 11 years? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, well, I mean... You need to call I, Pineapple Support. Okay, it's, that I do. It's, it's not even that. I, just the fact that you've been relevant enough to need 
an assistant for that long and that, I mean, I, I've stuck with you through some shit, but, um, yeah, you, uh, you're not new at this. No, not at all. For well, I'm it, new at for, this. I'm new at podcasting. For anyone paying attention. Yeah. That, I mean, but people will just say whatever they want to say and it's really, you know, annoying. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you guys have known me for a long time and, um, I, I've always prided myself in being honest and standing up for people. This isn't the first time I've done that. It just maybe the first time I've stood up for myself. Because ah. usually it's, you know, I throw myself on the it's train tracks for other It's an important step in a young girl's life. Did you call me young? I sure did. Are you trying to get in my pants? Because I'm kind of a sure thing. I'm, I'm taking them off with my eyes right now. So, <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, Michael was with me when I stood up for somebody on my set talking about Shady. Ooh, talk about, uh, talk about Shady going on. There was, let me regale you with the story. This the is a one good one. Time, some fucking knucklehead accused one of Stormy Daniels' crew members of sexually assaulting her. And what a fucking garbage story that was. Uh, you know, from, I, I was there in like, I was unaware of what was going on a lot until until everybody started scrambling around. It's like, hey guys, what like what what happened? Like, did you hear? I don't want to say this person's name because I don't want to put it out there. Did you hear? X Y Z got accused of grabbing grabbing this person's bottom. It's like what? Yeah, and this happened. This- no, he wasn't like he wasn't near her. He wasn't like the dude was on the set near me dressing things when like. She, like oh god yeah he passed behind her and she just <sighs> blew the story up to get attention and all this stuff but you know people, Snakes, were, people were interviewed because it was, it was absolutely taken seriously and everyone was interviewed i believe there was 11 crew people in the room i was less than 10 feet away uh-huh. and everyone stood up for it but the sad thing about this me too thing and this is where i actually do piss off women quite a bit is that this was an example of someone exploiting the Me Too movement and people jumping on it and believing because they were too their people are too afraid to call a woman out when she's lying or crying wolf. And she was trying to get attention and she was trying to ruin my good name. But everybody that knows, most of my crew has worked for me for over a decade. And ask any girl who's ever worked for me, if this had actually happened, I would have kicked this crew member's ass myself. And I probably would have gone to jail for beating his ass. Like, if you'd mistreated one of the girls on my set. And everyone knows that. I wouldn't let that slide. But the flip of the coin of that is I also won't let some actress accuse a hardworking crew member of doing something that he absolutely did not do. But then she runs to the Daily Beast reporter who just wants to tarnish my name and blast me for clickbait. And even you gave an interview and they twisted your words. Yeah. You know, this guy came to me and was interested in the story of like what went down on set. And I gave him my, I gave him my whole thing. I, I said that, you know, every, everybody returned to work after this incident that supposedly when it occurred, everybody returned to work without a problem. And there was no issue that was going on at that moment. There was no, I got touched. There was no I got grabbed. There was no no upset in the least bit until after everything was done for some reason. And like so I, I told my side of the story and the dude took my words and tried to reconfirm his or revalidate his client's own point of view, which by the way, he's like he's a not client, that's the wrong word, just for the 
Source. <laughs> Source. Oh. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you went there. All right. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I would say mic drop, but my mic is way too expensive to drop. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> so when, uh, when your client calls and tells you that uh, she, needs, she needs your voice to tell her story in the media, well... You tend to go do that because you don't want to piss off your favorite source, do you? Yes, that's true. And? Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so this dude this dude hit me up and has tried to get me to confirm their story, his, his sources, air quotes, story. Uh, and I wouldn't do it because... It wasn't true. Because it wasn't true. And I tried to give the most neutral thing, neutral statement I can, because like, I'm not here to like, I don't want to be called up by the Me Too movement for supporting, for going against it. I absolutely say, believe victims, believe women. I don't believe this story. My intuition, my heart, and everything else. Your eyeballs? My eyeballs. (laughs) You were there. Were telling me opposite. And so to have someone try to twist this around on you was just so infuriating. And I remember, I even remember texting you just like, hey, this guy's like trying to do this right now. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've directed over a hundred movies and you don't make it to like 110 movies with no problems if you're not going to do the right like there's no way like I have a I had a spotless reputation as a director and treating the talent you've you've been talent on my sets how many times how many times have I had the girls back when they needed to so many remember when I stood up for Allie Hayes about you Mm -hmm. know this movie that you did with her Mm -hmm. I always have the girls back and I command a pretty tight and respectful set I treat the performers fairly I've most importantly I treat my crew fairly and to have somebody make up these blatant lies about my set and someone who worked for me and then by proxy me mm-hmm. was just disgusting. And then to have a reporter, and I use air quotes, I know you guys can't see me, but reporter, just write what he wanted and believe somebody even though you have an entire group of people saying that's not what happened is just disgusting. So welcome to Taking the World by Stormy, my podcast where I just say the truth no matter how much trouble it gets me into. Oh, that's and, the best uh, Yes, right? So I'm going to give the microphone over to Dwayne because I think he's telling, he's telling me that we're out of time and he wants to make sure that I plug in some of my appearances so that you can come and tell me how much I suck to my face so that I have more things to talk about on this show. So here. I think, I think something else that we, uh, we also need to cover is um, we want to accept some questions. Like we want to hear from people. So yes, um, we have a hashtag, right? Take, hashtag taking the world by stormy. Taking the world by stormy. Yeah. So you can just tweet your questions, whether they're generic questions, sex questions. Or whatever. just no math questions. I'm whatever. not so good at math. And and don't don't ask don't ask her on dates because I get emails all the time about people asking her on dates and it doesn't fucking work. Um, so just please don't waste my time. <laughs> see if you can stump her with horse trivia. Horse trivia. Horse trivia. Mike Michael says, see if you can stump her with <laughs> horse trivia. But um, yeah, just just send your questions to uh, hashtag taking the world by stormy on Twitter and we'll try to get to as many as we can. Yeah. And so I think I have some upcoming 
appearances? We do have upcoming appearances. And just so you guys know, my my full schedule can be found on stormydaniels.com along with those awesome Stormy 2020 shirts that we were talking about earlier. But, Dwayne, what are the next couple of bookings? Since, you know, I can't even manage my – I can't even find something in my purse. Dwayne knows my whole schedule. Yeah, and, and going back to your purse, it's a fucking train wreck. So you called it the abyss the other day. It's it's yeah, it is the abyss. No wait, the hope, the pit of despair. That was pit of despair. Yes. Yes, that is that is Stormy's purse. Yes. Um, we are in Uncasville, Connecticut, at Comics Roadhouse, which is Mohegan Sun, uh, on September the eighteenth. 2019 uh stand up new york september 19th that's in new york city it's uh upper manhattan right yeah basically It'll be my second time there it was great last time yeah it, it was fantastic um I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one again um white plains comedy club on the 20th i'm opening that club i'm the first person they're yes. having I'm, I'm grand opening super exciting uh tickets are available on the website for all of these, or you can just go to stormydaniels.com, but uh, www.stormydaniels.com, pull up dates, buy tickets, go to shows, read a fucking merch, book, read a fucking book. You can get it at Amazon or my website or the website or from me or from an appearance. Yes. So thank you, everybody. for listening. It. Thank you for Michael for being my very first guest. I love you guys. Thank you, Stormy. Thank you, Dwayne. You are literally the best. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy. For information, tour dates, and merch, visit stormydaniels.com. To have Stormy send a personal video message to someone you love or hate, go to cameo.com forward slash stormydaniels. You can find exclusive uncensored pics and clips from the podcast on Stormy's OnlyFans page. And for those brave enough, follow Stormy at twitter.com forward slash Stormy Daniels. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy.